So uh, that was Jim Sigafus. Well, this educate more. That's not. Um, but that was Jim Sigafus. People in chiropractic that probably any. One of my uh, mentors from DE. There were uh, three really important mentors uh, in DE when I was going 10 straight years in a row uh, in the 90s. Um, and they were what we call the three S's. The three S's. It was Sigafus, Santo, and Sid. Sigafus, Santo, and Sid. Um, and those guys made absolute profound impact on my life. And what I'm going to do uh, for you guys this quarter is I'm going to introduce you to some of these amazing mentors of mine. I'm going to show you video clips of Dr. Sigafus, Dr. Santo, Dr. Sid. I'm going to show you Webster and Barge and all these other great people that you've only heard of and maybe have never seen or listened to before. Um, because we literally are standing on the shoulders of giants, as you've heard me say before. Right? Everything that we have here is because someone else pioneered it. Right? And we're just, we're like <clears throat> being able to reap in the benefits of that. But here's the sad thing. And the sad thing is that there's so many people out there who are not reaping in the benefits of this. And I don't mean chiropractors financially. I mean the patients, right? Like, as far as I'm concerned, here's the question that has been irking me ever since I've been in chiropractic school. Why isn't the whole planet getting adjusted? Can someone answer that question for me? I, I cannot fathom this concept. Why isn't the whole planet, why is this, okay, okay, how about the whole country? Fine. <laughs> I'll give you the rest of the world. <clears throat> why isn't the whole country getting adjusted? What are we doing wrong after 117 or whatever it is years that we've been around, what are we doing wrong? Why are we the best kept secret? I don't get it. Can you explain this to me? Right? And I think Dr. Sigifus hit the nail on the head when he said one of the last statements here in this little brief video clip, which is, you know, I move the bone and God does the healing. And I think a lot of chiropractors out there don't think of it in that way whatsoever. What they think is, I'm the healer, right? I am the healer. I am the one doing all the work. I'm, that's why I should get the money. That's why I should get the big bucks, because I'm doing the healing. And really, they ain't doing nothing, right? Now, I happen to to believe that my work on babies and pregnant women and kids and adults for that matter is super important and very valuable, but I know that I'm just like a little conduit. I'm sort of like a guide. I'm not doing the work. Like he was saying, you know, their own body's doing all the healing. But what happened is back in like the 50s, we got off this path. When BJ, his health started declining back in the 50s before he passed away in 61, his health started declining. So he wasn't out there kind of policing chiropractic like he was before. So what started happening is all these people started going out in the 50s and, and after he passed on 60s, 70s, 80s, especially when we got insurance, uh, so-called insurance equality. When we got that insurance equality, what we started doing is we started saying, I'm going to adjust for symptoms, right? I am a symptom-based doctor because it's so easy for me to talk about symptoms. It's so easy for me to say, I'm gonna help you with your back pain. I'm gonna help you with your neck pain. That's so simple, but I'm telling you, that is not the game anymore. 
The game is people want what we have from more than just that. You can take Goody's back pain powder for back pain. Who the hell cares? I'm not gonna compete against that. Right? I want to take care of the little kids. Yesterday, I'm with this little beautiful girl. And when I first met this little girl, she was unable to speak to anybody except for her folks. And now she's able to have full conversations with me. This little girl who was completely, all she would talk to was to look at her mom and dad and talk, and she could not talk to anybody else. And now she can talk to anybody after a couple of weeks worth of adjustments. Like, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. And all I'm doing is touching her really gentle little touches. I'm not doing anything that you can't do. Right? This is not like faith healing where someone has this amazing power out of nowhere. Any of you can do this. This is the realm of possibility that we have. Right? There's another little girl came in yesterday morning who was full-blown autistic. She wasn't saying a word. She was mumbling here and there. And now she's having whole conversations with me. And she's talking to me. And we're singing. She, she's going, when I adjust her for whatever reason, she likes going one, two, three, four. She likes counting all the way to 20. And when she, and when she, she goes around 13, she goes like this. She goes 13, 13, 13, 13, 13, and then 18, 19, 20. And it's the cutest thing in the world. But am I correcting her? <clears throat> I'm say, hey, hey. 14, 14, let's get this right. I don't care, she's talking to me. I don't care what the hell she says. I'm excited that she's having a conversation. I'm excited that she gets the point that there is, a, there is an order from one to 20. You know what kind of a cognitive leap that is from not being able to talk to now being able to have conversations and be able to say one, the most one through 20 even if some of those are wrong, who cares, right? And she sings, she sings to me, we'll sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and I have another autistic girl who all she wants to do is sing Winnie the Pooh songs with me. And that's, that's her whole thing, she sings Winnie the Pooh songs with me. Great! Right, that, that's her comfort is Winnie the Pooh. People are coming to see us for very different reasons than back pain. Pregnant women are coming to see us because their babies are breached. Pregnant women are coming to see us because they want to have the best possible birth, right? I was talking to one, uh, uh, one of my pregnant patients yesterday, and she said, I had a C-section last time. I didn't want that to happen again. I'm coming to see you. Now my baby is head down, and I'm so excited to actually experience birth and labor for the first time because I didn't experience it last time. And her doctor was telling her, you might not want to consider VBAC because you're too small. You're kind of petite. So chances are, you're not gonna be able to have a baby naturally anyway. Who the hell are you to say that? Who are you to have the audacity to say that? And I had someone in my pediatric diagnosis class come up to me and say the same thing that they told her sister, his sister, the same thing. You're too small to have a baby naturally. How dare you get off your high horse and say something like that to someone? How do you know what someone's capable of? I have no idea. I have women, I have one woman who weighs 90 pounds soaking wet. She popped out four babies, each one less than an hour. You're telling me just because she's 90 pounds? Oh, she's too small. You think, you think that God would put a baby too big inside that woman unless there was something really weird going on? You think that, that there was a, that, that 
genetics and all this other stuff for thousands of millennium coming down to this one woman is going to blow it like that and put a 15-pound baby in a 90-pound woman? Come on. Right? But this is, the, this is what we are. We are resources to these people. We are taking these people out of the darkness. That's our point. Imagine this little girl that I was talking to you about that was not only being able to have a conversation with her parents, and she's, what happens if she goes into school? How is she communicating in school? She couldn't, right? So imagine the change, not just in like, her life with her parents right, and, or her, and her friends, but with her peers now. She, can now. she now plays with the other kids in the office, which she couldn't do before. Right? This is the kind of stuff. This is why they're bringing kids to us. This is why they're bringing pregnant women to us. This is why the people are coming to us. It's not just for back pain. And it's not that I turn back, back pain people away. It's not my favoritist thing. You know, it's not the thing that I, I go for. I don't advertise about it. I'm not interested in it. But people are constantly coming in for back pain because that's what we have taught them. Right? But I'm going to teach you another thing that, that chiropractors have taught that has really blown our system a little bit. And it's really getting me mad. And what we have taught patients is that Mont chiropractic is like Monty Hall. And do you know what that is? Are you too, all too young for that? All right. Yeah, all right. Chiropractic is like this thing where you can negotiate. Oh. Monty Hall was this, this uh, let's make a deal. That was a, uh, this TV show used to have called Let's Make a Deal. Yeah, I'm definitely too old now. <laughs> I just I passed the point of now yeah, nobody knows what I'm talking about. This is awful. <laughs> so let's make a deal, right? So people are calling me up all the time saying, well, how much is it for a new patient exam? We tell them, well, uh, but my, this other chiropractor said I could, I'll do it for this. I'm like, so go. I don't really care what the hell you do. Right? Like, well, but I really want to see you. Well, this is what my prices are. But you're $60 more than the other person. I'm a specialist. I have like unbelievable extra degrees and experience in doing this kind of stuff. So you're gonna have to, so if this is what you want, you have to pay for the specialist. But why should I do that? Well, you can do whatever, you, you can go to anybody you want to. Like I'm not stopping in that. That person probably is a fabulous chiropractor. But this is what it is. Where did, does anybody ever do that with your medical doctor? I had a hernia operation a couple of years ago because I, I injured myself playing hockey. Did I go to the guy and say, hey, can you like, work a break for me here? You know, I know the operation's about five grand. How about three? Is that good? No way. Where did, where did chiropractor get off being this, this, this let's make a deal kind of thing? I'm going to ask you guys to stop that. I'm going to ask you guys to stop that. We need to stop this let's make a deal chiropractic. We need to stop cheapening our adjustments. I know some places out there, $19 for an adjustment. Are you for real with no exams? Mm. Are you kidding me? I just had a patient come in with an abdominal aortic aneurysm. No exam? That'd be a great idea. That'd be a great idea for this patient. Right? Let's get real. I want you to think about getting real. Right? Now, I know the exam you do in clinic is like 14 hours long and takes 150 <laughs> days and you have to schedule two years out in advance. I get that, right, yeah, I get that, I get that, right? It's not like that in the real world, right? But the CCE has a lot of rules and you have to play a certain game, I understand that, right? So, but let me just tell you something. 
that there's a reason that you do a very full and complete exam, because you want to rule out all the crazy possibilities, right? So we, we have to, as chiropractors, we need to step up our game, in my opinion. We really need to step up our game. And I think we need to do that in three different ways. Number one is we've got to stop this, I called it Monty Hall, we've got to stop this let's make a deal stuff, right? So stop with this, this cheesy, like, coupon-ish kind of stuff. It is what it is, right? They don't deal with, they don't do this to medical doctors, they don't deal this to your dentist, they shouldn't do it to chiropractors, number one. Number two is we have to make sure that we are full and complete in everything we do. So someone the other day uh, emailed me and said, uh, I, want, I just want to come in and get a couple of cracks. Mm. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, you know, you know what, the way we do things in our office, we'd have to do a complete exam and x-rays, you know, if necessary to see what's going on. Oh, we don't need to do that. I, I, I've gone to chiropractic for years. I just need to come in and get a couple of cracks. I'm sorry, I just don't do that. But, but you got recommended to me by so-and-so. Well, I, I, that's fabulous, but that person got full exam and x-rays to get started. You know, I'm not, I just don't, I'm not gonna go into it like that. Because if you do that, if you compromise with that, first off, you're gonna compromise with other things, and second off, you're gonna miss some things, like this abdominal aortic aneurysm, right? So I just don't play that kind of game. So we have to stick very firm on our procedures. You know, if your procedure is to do a full consultation examination and x-rays, or whatever, you know, Neuroscope or, or, you know, on whatever substation, whatever evaluation you do, you do that for everybody. You don't compromise and say, all right, all right, fine, I'll just let you in. We'll just do whatever. Go all the way, right? And the last thing is, in order to, to make sure that we are the best we can be, that's why you're in this class. This is an elective. You don't have to take this class, right? You all can be out in the sun at 70 degrees, that's gorgeous, right? But you're here right now because you are trying to raise the bar. But that shouldn't stop when you leave here. But most chiropractors, when they graduate, they're done. And they never go back except for, for the, like the fall CE once a year just to get their credits. And then most of the time, they're in the hallway. But you've got to raise the bar, right? You've got to raise the bar. You've got to always educate yourself, always learning. In whatever it is, whether it's pediatrics that rocks you the way it rocks me, or whether it's geriatrics or sports or whatever it is, you've got to raise that bar and constantly study and constantly grow and constantly learn so that you're never stagnant, right? You should never be the same chiropractor. Every year, I've introduced new things and new things and new things and different things, and I'm always doing research, and I'm always writing research, and I'm always reading research, because you always want to raise that bar. You always want, do you want to be on the top of your game? Yes. Absolutely. Do you want them to know that? Yes. Absolutely. If you haven't gone to a seminar in six years where you paid attention, are they going to know that? They sure are. That's what this is about. This is about getting real, right? And that's what Sigafus was essentially saying, is about getting real. That's what he taught us at DE all those years ago. And he passed away a few years ago, and I really miss him. But you can still hear him on Sig Talks, right? He has a podcast. His son actually created a podcast of, because they recorded hundreds and hundreds of Dr. Sigafus's talks. So you can listen to him talking and then his son interpreting what he said on Sig Talks, a podcast, right? All these messages, why do I sit there and record them? Because I put them on podcasts. I have my own podcast, ChiroCast. I have 10,000 listeners now since I started this last May. 10,000 different people listening to this. All over the world are listening to this message because this message is timely. People need what we have. And chiropractic isn't just a, a healthcare 
thought process. It is a philosophy. It is a life philosophy. Lisa and I have embraced chiropractic as a life philosophy. So it's not just something we do from nine to five, you know, or whatever hours it is you keep in your clinic, right? It's something we, we live a chiropractic lifestyle, right? So you need to, to be, like we talked about this in 10th quarter, you need to be listening to podcasts. You need to be reading green books. You need to be studying <coughs> pediatric literature if you're into pediatrics. You need to be sharpening your soul all the time, all the time. Stop spending all your time on social media that will get you nowhere. What I want you to think about every time you do anything is, is this going to add to me or is this going to take something away from me? Not that Facebook is wrong or bad. I, we use Facebook as a tool, but you don't use it as something you play with all day long. Some of you guys are so addicted to Facebook, it's scary. And Facebook is fabulous. There's a great social connection. And Instagram and Snapchat and all these things. I love it. But is it really social? Right? Social is me and you talking. That's a lie. Social media is the, the words are an oxymoron, right? That's contradicted. Social media does not go together. You cannot have social if there's no eye-to-eye -eye contact. It doesn't happen. It's just a term. It's just a term that they made up. And think about the people who made it up. Right? Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. Brilliant guy. Is the guy a real social guy? No. No, the guy is not, right? The guy's probably on the, the spectrum to some point or another. And he knows it and he said it, right? But he created social media. That's very funny. That's very, very funny, right? So, but we need to pull ourselves away from that stuff. And maybe instead of like, let's say you spend an hour a day on social media, which I bet you it's more. Let's say you spend an hour a day on social media. Take 15 minutes of that and put it into chiropractic. And make that happen this quarter. And see if you find more passion in chiropractic by doing that. See if you take away a little bit of that social media time and put it towards listening to Sigafus or listening to my podcast or reading some green books. See if you take away some of that social media time and you put it to that. See if you get more benefits than you would just going like this and seeing what someone did with that cat that day. Right? I want you to really think about that. It's time to step up the game.